we go. Your mic's not on. Yeah, it is. Ha, <laughs> just kidding you. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode episode of the podcast from P-Town. I'm your co-host, and maybe one day I'll have a name besides just co-host. And here is your host, who just got back from golfing. And Rough got, day. Got a name for you. Is it is it politically correct? It on the podcast. So it's not snookums or anything like that. <clears throat> no. No. Okay. Well, hope everybody's having a good day out there. Wait, what was your score at golf? It was a it, it was a team building event. We were one over. I don't know what that means. One over par. One over par. What was par? Thirty six. So you got thirty seven. Yeah, we only shot played nine holes. I was hoping he was going to make the turn because we was just getting our groove on, you know. He's going to start hitting birdies and uh-huh, stuff. Yeah. But we did have one birdie. Good job, Mason. But we had two bogus, uh, two bogeys. Bogus. Bogus. It was bogus. Bogus. News you can use. Thank you, news correspondent. So our news correspondent is still on. I think he should have been an English teacher or something because he's still on this meddling thing. Mr. Bolton. It's. He says it's Medellin. What? Medellin. Okay. I like I like Medellin better. How do you get yin out of that? Well, because in Spanish or whatever language it is, oh, is the two L's is? become a Y. Oh, I thought it was like a... como se llama instead of como se llama. <laughs> I like llama better. Yeah. So. Uh, Oregon's going to hell in a handbasket. Oh, horribly. We have the just passed, I think, the most extreme bill in the nation. Wait, is this that HB two zero zero two or whatever? Yeah. Okay, it only went through. It has. It's going to the Senate. Yeah, but the Democrats control the Senate, so I know we have a chance. Maybe they'll pull out of it. It says it's a destructive bill that creates government-sanctioned secrecy between parent. And child by providing abortions and gender-affirming interference for children without parents' knowledge here in Oregon. Without parents' knowledge. Compliments of the Oregon Democratic Legislators. HB 2002B aims to expand access to both abortion and to gender-affirming care, all facilitated through school student health centers. School student health centers. The bill requires written authorization from a child of any age before their parents can be notified about their child's abortion or gender-altering drugs or surgeries. This requires the child to have the wherewithal to ask that their guardian be included in medical discussions. With activists, medical providers pushing transgender and abortion agendas without providing full disclosure of side effects or mental trauma to their patients... You can look up this bill and find email addresses for the lawmakers and voice your opinion to them. The National Review did a story about how the bill forces taxpayers to cover costs for minors pursuing irreversible treatments, but it excludes detransition care. So once they get you there, they're not going to help get you back. Right. Uh, uh. Mm-hmm. Um... Ban of foam food containers packing peanuts and coolers heads to Oregon governor's desk. Co-text. A bill to ban common styrofoam items, including food containers, is headed to Governor Tina Kotek's desk for her signature. One of two pieces of legislation aimed at reducing plastic pollution in the state. Senate Bill 543 would phase out polystyrene foam dishware, packing peanuts, and coolers, and will prohibit the use of PFAS the so-called forever chemicals, in food packaging. PFAS, or per- and polyfluorinated substances, 
I'm sneezed. Uh, <laughs> are referred to as forever chemicals because they don't break down in the environment or human body. They're used in food packaging to repel grease. It takes effect January 1st, 2025. Senate Bill 545 directs Oregon Health Authority to update the state's health code to make it easier for restaurants to provide reusable containers to customers effective no later than June 30th, 2024. Plastic foam is not accepted in curbside recycling and is one of the top items found polluting Oregon's beaches. Since 2019, Colorado, Maine, Maryland, New Jersey, New York, Vermont, Virginia, and Washington have enacted polystyrene prohibitions. Isn't most of that on the East Coast? Yeah, but, well, there's Washington there, so. I know, but, and then Oregon follows suit, yeah. and then California's going at it, if they haven't already. Yeah. Dear Lord. A Dutch court bans, bans a sperm donor who fathered at least 550 children. Oh! <gasps> A Dutch what? court on Friday banned a man from donating any more of his sperm after he fathered at least 550 children in the Netherlands and other countries. I wonder if his name was Nick Cannon. And misled prospective parents about the number of offspring he helped to conceive. A judge at the Hague District Court ordered the halt in an injunction brought by the mother of a child conceived with the donor's sperm and foundation uh, rep representing other permit parents. The court ruled that the interests of the donor, children, and their parents outweigh the interests of the donor in continuing to donate sperm to new prospective patients. The court ordered him immediately to halt all donations and said he must pay 100,000 euros, which is $110,000, per case if he breaches the ban. <gasps> Lawyer Mark DeHeck called the ruling a clear signal and, as I'm concerned, a final warning to other mass donors. I didn't know that was I a thing. Didn't know there, yeah, I mean, go in there and... I mean, how many, how many, oh, how many kids can you prospectively yeah. get with a batch? Well, and when you go into, I thought they had like a book that you look through to choose who you want the sperm to come from. I you know, know, I don't know. I don't know how this works. Uh, the latest on Bud Light. Bud Light parent AB InBev is offering a number of incentives to distributors after a backlash to its controversial ad campaign sparked a steep drop-off in sales. In order to smooth over ties with distributors, many of whom were hit hard due to the decline in sales, the Wall Street Journal reports that the company has pledged increased spending on marketing and a free case of Bud Light to every employee of an Anheuser-Busch wholesaler. <laughs> the company is likely to amend its marketing strategy in the renewed advertising push. Per the latest data released by Nielsen on Monday, Bud Light sales crashed 21% in the second to last week of April as compared with the same period in 2022. Uh -huh. Data released earlier in the month also reflected a sharp jump in Molson Kurs, uh, which owns Miller Light, as the beginning of Bud Light sliding sales trends began to show up. Maybe they should go back to Budweiser. Maybe they should just put pictures of Clydesdales on there and stop getting into all the societal crap. People right. drink beer to get away from that stuff. Right. Oh, whoops. Uh, oh, for our useless fact of the week. An animal's yawn is based on how large their brain is. The bigger the brain, the longer they will yawn. Interesting. And the average person passes gas 14 to 23 times a day. 25 plus times is extreme gas. You know, I was proud of our news correspondent for keeping it at just a, an animal's yawn. And you haven't done it in like 23 years. What, yawned? No. Ah, hilarious. 
looking at deaths this week. Oh my gosh. Is that all the deaths? Yeah. Well, it's not all of them. There's probably more. We're going to be here all night. Havre de Grace was 16, an American thoroughbred racehorse. He was the 2011 American Horse of the Year. Dream Alliance was 22. He was a British thoroughbred racehorse. He was a Welsh Grand National winner. Larry Rivers wasn't a racehorse. He was 73. He was an American basketball player from the Harlem Globetrotters. He died of cancer. Oh, Ugh, another Tim Bachman, 71, a Canadian guitarist from, remember Bachman Turner Overdrive? He died. Remember, we talked about his brother here yes. just a couple months ago that just yeah. died. Uh, Jerry Springer died. Everybody knows who he is. He had pancreatic cancer. Sonny Gordon, who is an American football player for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Ooh. He died of ALS. Aww. Money Sign Swede, or Swade, was 22, an American rapper. He was stabbed in the neck in a prison shower. Oh. Nope. Be worse places to be stabbed in a prison shower. Uh, Hera Belafonte was 96. He was an American Hall of Fame musician. <laughs> and Keith Gaddis, who was 52, was an American country singer, songwriter. El Cerrito Place, when I see the bar, I don't know. And producer, he died of a tractor accident. Oh. In 2002, uh, Gaddis joined Dwight Yoakam's band as band leader and lead electric guitar player. And also, just yesterday, uh, Gordon Lightfoot died. <coughs> the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, or Sundown, right? Or other songs. You know he was in Canadian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. They had a moment of silence in the uh, Toronto Maples uh, game right now. Oh yeah. A moment of silence for him. Hmm. That's cool, I guess. What if they'd have a moment of silence for any time when I die? We'll have a moment of silence for you. Wonder what the moment of silence where they could put it at. Just I, moment of silence. Yeah, but it's got to be something important, you know, like a baseball game or wet t-shirt contest or something like that. Anywho. Um, so this week we're talking about another uh, thing that uh, one of our listeners gave us. This listener happens to be my aunt, my auntie. Um, and we're going to talk about the 1893 World's Fair. Um. Or maybe the lesser common name, the World's Columbian Exposition. Oh, the I didn't WCE. know it was called that. And this was held in Chicago, and it was held to be commemorative of Columbus's landing here in eighteen ninety two or in fourteen ninety two. There were a lot of other cities that wanted to have the fair at their place. Uh, New York City, Washington D.C., and St. Louis all put in for it, but Chicago ended up winning. Uh, partly because this fair showed how Chicago had risen above the ashes of the Great Fire of 1871. Mm-hmm. Was that the one where the cow kicked over the lantern and started a fire? I think so. And it just spread. Yeah. But it wasn't just a normal fair. This one, um, it wasn't, you know, your week-long little agenda where everybody brings their camp trailers and tries to sell them to you and hot tubs. This thing covered 690 acres and it lasted for about six months. Oh, my gosh. And there were people here from 46 different countries, and they had about 27 million people travel through the fair. Wow. Uh, there have been a lot of other world fairs, obviously, but this one kind of exceeded all of them. There are a lot of things seen for the first time and other notable events that we're going to get into. So starting off, uh, you don't just want to say you want to have a fair in your city. Um, evidently, where the World's Fair, if it's in the United States, it gets appointed by Congress. 
And there were a bunch of rich people in New York who pledged $15 million if the fair... This is back in 1893, by the way. If the fair would be held there, um, guys like J.P. Morgan, Cornelius Vanderbilt, mm -hmm. William Waldorf Astor, they all uh, were super rich guys and pledged some money. But there were also some rich guys from Chicago who were offering finance it as well. But the turning point came when a banker from Chicago was was able to raise several million dollars in a 24-hour period for the fair to go uh, to Chicago. Wow. And this was several million dollars over what New York had offered. So they ended up having it in Chicago. Uh, the fair, it started in May and ran through October. And like I said, there was a bunch of new things that were brought in. Uh, for example, this is the first time the term Midway was brought into the American world. You always talk about like the Midway at the carnival or something like that. Uh where all the carnies hang out hmm. uh, and all the different sideshows like the woman with three nipples or something. Or... Oh, good grief. Anyhow, uh, they also had life-size recreations of Columbus's ships that were actually, you know what Columbus's ships were? The Mayfield? No. The Cauliflower? <laughs> the Nina. Okay, sorry. The, the Nina? Santa Maria. Pañada. <laughs> History was not my strong suit. So these ships were assembled in Spain, and then they were sailed to the fair. Uh, they were quite a big hit at the fair. Uh, Nor Norway also sent a ship to the fair, and it was called the Viking, which obviously looked like one of their old Viking ships that you see pictures of. And there was a ship called the Illinois, which was a mock-up of a battleship from those days. And like I said, there were pavilions from 46 different countries and 34 states all had their own little pavilion at the fair to show whatever they're known for. Uh, there were also pavilions from areas that hadn't yet become states like Arizona, New Mexico, Oklahoma, and Utah. Oklahoma. Uh, another place that was, uh, that was the first time was the moving walkway. The oh. people could get on and it would take them <clears throat> along the lake from where the ships were at and it would put them on a walkway straight to the casino. Nice. And it was even better than the walkway at the airports because this one had seats that they could sit on. So really? they didn't have to stand there all the time and look like a retard. <sighs> oh, speaking of which, there's a disease out there. I heard this on a podcast. There's a disease out there called walking corpse disease. That's disgusting. And it's people who think their brain is gone or something. Mm -hmm. You know what the medical name of it for it is? Cotards. There's a bunch of cotards walking around. It was the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. And it I was think a... everybody knew that except for you. I was... Okay. Anyhow, I knew that. But... And it was the cow that knocked over the lantern. Um, In case you didn't know. This was also a big breakout point for AC electricity. Um, <laughs> we covered some of this in the uh, Tesla episode. But Westinghouse ended up winning the bid to power the fair, and this was the first time AC, I believe, was put out on a large scale. Uh, they also had lots of demonstrations of different new electrical items that were coming out. Like, they pretty much had everything from lighting systems, uh, incubators for eggs, seismographs. Wow. They had the whole range of different things that they were showing off at the fair. Tesla even showed up for a week at the event, and he was giving demonstrations on his wireless lighting work, which is really interesting. If he could have figured that, or if he could have got that mass-produced or whatever, wireless lighting. Yeah. 
With that guy did some amazing things. It's called a flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> it's wireless lighting. <laughs> But it also runs on DC, and so West Tesla didn't like it. Okay, well, there's Westinghouse that. actually set up a part of their exhibit for him to show off some of his stuff. So well, he had nice. his own little area there. Um, there were also a bunch of artists and musicians and sculptors from around the world there. Uh, the list of these things goes on and on, and there wasn't any that I recognized, but so I wasn't even really going to get into them because I didn't know who they were. Um. This was also the first time the Pledge of Allegiance was going to be performed, and it was performed by a bunch of school children, which kind of makes me sit back and wonder if the people at this Exco could see where we're at today. What would they think? Oh. Um, I'm sure they have stories. Yeah. Uh, there's a bit of controversy, though, whether this is the, uh, when the city got its name as the Windy City, or if it came about all the way back in 1881. When they talked about the politicians from here and called them windbags. Oh. Um, so that's one thing that hasn't changed over the years is the politicians. They're still windbags. Mm. Uh, there were memor commemorative coins that were first minted for this event. Uh, this is also when the postal department issued their first picture postcards. Which if you have one of these today, you may uh, kind of get into some money. And then the edible part of the fair. That's because that's why everybody goes oh, yeah. to the fairs anyhow for the food, right? right? So this food's a little different than, you know, Carny deep food. fried Snickers or deep fried Twinkies. Uh, yeah. Uh, Quaker Oats came out here. Juicy Fruit Gum. Shredded Wheat. One of my personal favorites, Pep's Blue Ribbon, was unveiled at the uh, fair. Wow. Uh, another one, maybe the one of the greatest foods on earth, peanut butter, oh. was unveiled at the fair. Not to people who are allergic to it. Yeah. Dogs love it. Um, going back to what the people at the fair would think about the state we are in today, this is where Aunt Jemima's syrup first came about. Oh. Um, remember Cracker Jacks? Yep. The, um, with a cool little toy inside. They always mm -hmm. had a little, neat little toy. Uh, they unveiled their new recipe here, and... I don't... Uh, did Cracker Jacks get canceled? I don't think so. I can't remember if they were in the big cancellation of oh, 2020, 2021 or not. I thought there was something because of the name Cracker or Cracker. whatever on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the sailor on the front. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, some inventions that aren't of the edible type. Uh, there was a machine that was the first to print books in Braille. Wow. Clear back then? Yeah, the people using them couldn't really see the difference. Oh, gosh. Uh, there was also the walkway we talked about. Uh, this is the, They had a Ferris wheel, a really huge Ferris wheel there. Hmm. Um, and then, you know, there are things in the amusement parks and places where you put like 50 cents in and then put a penny in it and you crank the handle. Yeah. And it stretches out the penny and mm -hmm. puts the print on it. Uh, this is where that came about. Hmm. They introduced the clasp locker, which was a precursor to the zipper. Oh. Uh, which was much to the dismay of the Scotsman. Oh, yeah. Poor people. Yeah, they don't have them. Yeah, you know why? Because they wear kilts. You know why? Because they are Scottish? No. Oh, it's... Because here we go. Because sheep can hear a zipper a mile away. Oh, gosh. You know, it has 196 okay. teeth and holds back a monster? Stop. My zipper. <clears throat> and now... Your mom listens to this, you know. Not all the time. 
Anyhow, <clears throat> we're going to go on a bit of a tangent. Oh, great. Uh, one thing that was also first shown at the show was pressurized aerosol spray. Like hairspray? Yeah, just some pressurized in a spray. Can. So you... <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and this was invented by a guy named Francis Davis Millet. Now, you may be asking yourself, a oh, wise and wonderful host, that's not much of a tangent, but this is... Good old Francis. Yeah. He died on the Titanic. Oh. So not long after the fair. So it got me thinking what other famous people died on that ship. And um, because I never really watched the show. Right. The Titanic. And also I'm not gay. Has nothing to do with that. And so this may be the longest tangent we've ever had because we're going to go into some Titanic stuff now. So one of the people on the ship that uh, people may recognize was John Jacob Astor IV. Mm-hmm. He was a businessman and real estate guy. He died. Yeah. Isidore Strauss and his wife, uh, I, Ida, they died on the ship. I remember them in the movie. They were the owners of the Macy's department store. Yeah. And I don't know if they were part of Levi Strauss or right. not. I don't know. Margaret Brown was on the ship. She became mm-hmm. famous for actually surviving the wreck. Uh, she tried to urge the people on her lifeboat to go back into the debris to look for other survivors, but she was unsuccessful. They just kept rowing away. Uh, speaking of survivors, Milvina Dean, she was the youngest survivor on the ship. She was only two months old when the ship went oh. down. And she finally died in 2009. Sad. John Jacob Astor VI was also on the ship, and he also survived and died in 1992. So the fourth died, but the sixth lived. No. Oh, the fourth died, but the... Okay, yeah, yeah. You know why six is scared of seven? Because it comes before eight? Because seven, eight, nine. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> uh, the designer of the Titanic died on the ship. His name was Thomas Andrews. And then probably the most... Best people that they've got more intestinal fortitude than I would have mm-hmm. was the band. Uh, and their name was the band. Oh, and they became famous because they continued to play as the ship went down. They were trying to keep the passengers uh, calm and at peace and stuff. And they went down with the ship. Mm-hmm. And they played all the way down. Till the captain the captain did too. Well, yeah, the captain's got to go down with the ship. Oh, yeah. Um, but that was a pretty long tangent. Um, so back to the World's Fair, that's pretty much the overview of it. Uh, the thing finally ended two days after the mayor of Chicago was assassinated. What? What happened? Yeah. Uh, he was killed. No kidding. I don't remember. I didn't, uh, look at that part. Oh. I just saw that he was assassinated. Did they just end it because that happened? No, I think it was set to end. Oh, okay. But I think, I don't know, maybe they ended it a little bit earlier or something, but it was pretty much set to end. Oh. And then he got killed and, um... They figure, well, I guess it's a good spot to end it. Oh, that's sad. So, Aww. yeah. Hmm. So that was a pretty short one for you there. Um, I have another listener request that we're going to go into uh, for the next probably quite a quite a while. If it, uh, we'll have to try it out a couple times and see how it works out, and see if uh, people actually enjoy it. But um, it was something that I was thinking about when I first came out with the podcast. And my cousin actually messaged me and said, hey, you should do this. And so I said, okay, I'll do that. So we'll see how it works out for us. Well, that was vague. 
I know, it keeps people in suspense. They're on the edges of their seat. I'm sure that's what they are. Positively. Wondering, gee, what could it be? What could it be? Well, somebody knows. One person knows. I know that for sure. Yes. Well, two people. Me and my cousin. Yes. So, um, it should be uh, pretty interesting. It'll, uh, it'll be... Well, I'm not going to talk about it. Good. Okay. We're not going to say anything about it. Okay. You want to hear a little bit about it? Nope. On that note, I hope you all have a great rest of your evening or day or whenever you're listening to this. My neck's kind of sore. I think I pulled it playing golf. I think you're fine. Um, Be kind. Do something nice for somebody. And because our world really needs a lot of kindness right now. And... We need a lot of kindness right you now. You hear about that guy that choked on Viagra? Oh, gosh. No. I he don't woke up to. with a stiff neck. Okay. Anywho, be kind. Do something nice for somebody. Have a wonderful and blessed rest of your day or evening, if it's that what it is. And we will see you, or we will talk to you next week. Are you going to say goodbye? You know why they hand out Viagra in nursing homes? Oh, yeah. Keeps the people from rolling out of bed. Okay. Yep. So, anyhow... Hope you guys have a uh, good week, and uh, we will hopefully see you next week unless somebody gets me busy doing something, and then we'll have to postpone it for a day or two. Well, nobody's going to see us next week. Hey, maybe we should do a video podcast. No. Heck no. Okay. Okay. Have a good evening. Bye.